When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! Research and development. Putting in the man hours to study the science of what you need. Last week, we put liquid paper on a bee. And it died. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup! Can I tell you something without you getting angry? I love you. Yeah, you big guy. Welcome back in, everybody, to another edition of the 4D Chess Dynasty Football Podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for hitting that play button. We really appreciate it. You're the biggest supporters, man. You listen to us. Without further ado, let me introduce my co-host, Adam. How you doing tonight, Adam? Episode 51. Can you believe that? 5-1 tonight. Holy shit. 51, man. Almost a full year of 4D Chess. Uh, it's crazy to think we started this, you know, beginning of the calendar year with all the offseason talk. Now here we are. It's the fantasy football playoffs. We're a week away from crowning the champ in some of these leagues, these patron leagues, right? And uh, we got somebody behind the curtain, Mike, a very special guest on here. It is. It is an absolute treat. We had him on for episode 25. The man needs no introduction. World famous, world renowned, Mr. Ray Gee, how you doing tonight, Ray, man? It's so good to get you back on here. We were going to get you on for 50, but Mother Nature had different ideas and different plans for you, obviously, <laughs> last week, buddy. Yeah, man, I'm happy to be on with you guys. Uh, 51 episodes. You know, when I went the game, man, like my goal was just to do it for like a month straight. I was like, let's just be consistent for a month and um, to see how far you guys have grown, how far you guys have come in your content creation journey. Um, I'm glad that you guys are doing it with Destination Dev. You guys have built an amazing sort of brand for yourselves and niche, and uh, you've got a dope community that you guys have built on uh, on your own backs, right? And I think that's the that's the beautiful thing about it. So, so appreciate y'all having me on. Wish I could have been here for 50, but like you said, um, uh, there's crazy stuff floating around in the air and it hit me and the family pretty hard but excited to be here and chop it up with y'all tonight man well it's good we got everybody in the same place here adam and i face off in one of our patron leagues this week in the semifinals, and hopefully og bomb squad ray we'll get a rematch of last year's championship as long as we both take care of business this week against our other opponents 
we may be we- meeting up next week for a, a fair amount of money <laughs> and bragging rights <laughs> and bragging rights. I know you owe yes. me one, so I'm ready for yeah. it. I'm ready for Let's it. Let's get it, baby. Oh, the, the long it, anticipated good, rematch, man. Yeah, it's been yeah. coming for a while. <laughs> it's yep. been collision it's courses. One of those things like we knew it was coming too, right? Like there was no kind of. And you've been smashing in there, man. I'm looking at your team. I, I just went and pulled it up now, and I'm like, man, this dude's, this dude's looking like the favorite again. And then we've got our um, our Heisman League, man. The uh, the big Heisman League, 2018 double copy, 14 team OG Heisman's versus the new ones. You're in the um, the finals for the side to get to the finals. So uh, you're in the money, Mike. You're already in the money. Uh, so this is a uh, you got a lot of. A lot of big, lot of big matchups coming up for you, man. Yeah, another arch arch nemesis that I face in there, Brett Patreon, a destination Debbie Heisman member. <laughs> Fucking picks. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> me, and, me and him go back and forth. So of course I got to face him this week too. The the way Brett goes, man. Like it, the way he goes in Dynasty, like always saying fuck them picks, right? Like he picks his direction. There's no doubt about it. So you you better be in the semis versus Mike. So it's good to see them two in there. When you talk about the OG bomb squad, like Ray was breaking it down, man, last year, you know, I played Mike in the semis. I was the clear three seed. And after playing him in the semis, I was again, the clear three seed because I wasn't Mike's <laughs> team and I wasn't Ray's team. And I'm going into this off season thinking like, fuck man, I got to find a way to creatively go the other way. Cause my team just ain't with these two. So, um, I bowed out, let you guys have it again in the championship and hopefully I can clean it up in a couple years, but you're, you're you're both got some really good teams in that OG bomb squad league, man. I just hope uh, we're we're on the uh, the team over here. My team's on a, a New England Patriots, seventeen and zero, undefeated. The Super yeah. Bowl's coming up, though. Uh, I hope Ray isn't the Giants. That's, that's, that's <laughs> Dave, please don't. David Tyree. Yeah, oh, I don't man. need no helmet catches. I don't need Eli escaping miraculous sacks, but. Let's dive right into the content because we got you on for a reason, Ray. Not only because you're a dear friend and we love chopping it up with you, very insightful, but there is nobody, in my opinion, better to talk about this topic than you. We have so many discussions throughout the entire year, but it's time for the public to hear them. It's the quarterback situation in Superflex Dynasty. Sorry if you play in one QB leagues. Uh, This doesn't really apply to you. Uh, Get real leagues, I guess. (laughs) Get, Get on the Superflex train. But Ray, Adam and I just did a patron startup over on our Patreon with some of our shitheads, and uh, we talked about it a little bit a couple episodes ago. We also, t- Adam also talked about it with Jay Rich while I was gone for a week. But the quarterback landscape for 2023 going in, not only rookies but existing players, is probably the worst I can remember as a dynasty player. Like it is. So have and have nots. It's the top 12, and then it just feels like everybody else, and they're all disgusting. What do you think about it when you look at future years, startups, value, warp data, all the knowledge that we have about this quarter, these quarterbacks? How are you feeling about the quarterbacks going into next year, Ray? Um, I think you hit the nail on the head, man. I don't feel good about it at all. And um, there are a lot of rosters, uh, guys, where I'm going to have some decisions to make in the offseason, right? Because I think, you know, the top of the quarterback class in Dynasty, uh, the quarterbacks in Dynasty are phenomenal, right? Um, This is why for me personally in startups, man, I am 
I am a huge just advocate of the auction because you can truly be screwed before your league even starts. If you do a randomizer, and I don't care if it's third round reversal, and you draw the 111, the 112, um, I, I, and I don't have the data on it. I don't have, I think it'd be an interesting study to look at, um, you know, expected fantasy points per draft slot because I think you are significantly screwed if you're at that back end. I think it completely changes because of the quarterback landscape. It almost, Mike would and, and Adam would make me want to just like load up on receivers. And, and even if you did that, and I would do that in order to try to trade for a quarterback, but then you're still losing value no matter how you slice it. So um, right now it is the haves and the have-nots at the quarterback position. I guess what I'm trying to do is figure out which one of the older guys, not the Tom Brady's or the Aaron Rodgers, but that 32 through 35-year-old quarterback window, which one of those guys can I invest in and they can give me two more years of of service at the position, right? And, you know, trying to trying to figure out is there any value to extract from from that tier because it's um it is scary. Even some of the guys that we think about as top ten quarterbacks in Dynasty, you look at them and they don't really fit the traditional mold of what you're looking for. They're low completion percentage guys, they're players who haven't really proven it for a long period of time. Um, you got the Trey Lances of the world that we don't know who or what that is. Uh, you know, all these guys that we thought we could depend on, the Russell Wilsons, the Matt Staffords, the Carson Wentzes of the world. It is it is truly um, scary season, scary hours at the quarterback position in Dynasty, and that that doesn't even impact and, and, and bring into factor uh, the rookies, which this rookie class just isn't very good on paper from the quarterback position followed by, you know, a, a very poor 2022 rookie class. So it's it's crazy because you would think that through college and you know there's only 32 of these jobs in the world. Like what the hell is going on? Why can't we why can't we find, you know, a bunch of Lamars and and Kylers? But I think for savvy dynasty managers, um you can find some guys that the community may not necessarily like but we probably can think like Jared Goff, like is a great example of somebody I think is probably going to be a starter for another two or three years. And he's probably dirt cheap. And after the season, his value will go even lower because everyone thinks Detroit's going to draft a quarterback. So um, I think this is where tapping into to resources like you guys are so important. That way we can keep a level head about the Zach Wilson's, the Jared Goff's, the Derek Carr's of the world, the Russell Wilson's, even though it looks bleak right now, because um, there's the, here's the thing. As bad as some of these guys are, no one's coming in to replace them. Like they're like they some of these guys are going to have jobs in the NFL. And at this point, man, that's all I'm looking for. Who the hell can I roll out there as a starter next week? Adam, for you, man. Uh we we talked about it here, but Raven mentioned some of these uh grosser quarterbacks, you know, the ones that keep trade cut fandom hates. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Most of your league hates so they go. I don't want any part of that guy. Who are some of the guys at the top that you like? Like you know, I kind of had a list in my head, but if you name them off, so you're uh, talking the guys that are not the top twelve that um, I'm not the top in twelve. The you know, yeah, not not Kirk Cousins. You know, we know Kirk Cousins is Captain Kirk. He's be okay. fine. Yeah, um, he would be around lead. Start. But he, all right, but some of these other guys, man, think gross. Think the yeah. Jimmy G's of the world, the Jared Goffs, like Ray yeah. mentioned, uh, Danny Dimes, like those kind of guys. Who are some of your favorites in there that you're looking forward to try to just squeeze another year or two out of? Yeah, I think um, 
you know, it depends on what you want to do. I think Goff is still tremendously undervalued just because I think being a first-round pick, what he's done this year, like I, I don't think his price and where he's valued in Dynasty, especially like when you look at keep trade cut, probably in most of your leagues, he, he's not appropriately valued given like he's going to start next year. And I'd be honestly interested to see, Ray, your take on that. Like, I think there's no way Detroit is not going to have him as the starting quarterback next year. Um, do you Are you on the same page with me there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he's getting another year there. And I think also because the quarterback landscape's so bad, there's a real chance that, you know, he ends up being a quarterback elsewhere, even when Detroit decides to find someone that's a long-term replacement. I think that there's, you know, depends on what you want to do here, right? I think there's upside with Kenny Pickett. I think we've seen some things that are good, but I think that right now it, it's still scary because you don't know what Pittsburgh's going to look like, what the offensive line's going to look like. Um, you know, this is a guy that has had two concussions as well. So there's there's reason to pause probably for a lot there, but I, I'm very interested in Kenny Pickett still, Mike. Um, I think that although Keep Trade Cut will tell you he's quarterback 14, I think the price from Trey Lance to Kenny Pickett is where there's a drastic fall in what the quarterback 13 and quarterback 14 actually cost you. Um, so Kenny Pickett's someone I'm interested in. I would say, you know, Ray kind of touched on, you know, the older guys in that 30 range and up that you can extract two years out of. And I don't know about this one. He's probably polarizing for a lot. Like, I'd be interested to see what happens with Derek Carr. I'm not sure how much I'm willing to invest in him based on what his cost is going to be. But I think there's still a scenario where he gets two more years as a starting quarterback. And as bad as it's been this year, like he's still giving you pretty decent weeks currently outside the top 20 at quarterback. So like when I'm starting to get into that gross range, th- those are a couple names that stick out. Um, I know for a lot of people it's going to be Danny Dimes. And I, I'm not opposed to Danny Dimes. I just think that because of what he's done this year, fantasy-wise, and that team winning games, he may get a little ahead of where I want to spend on Danny Dimes. I love the uh, the Kenny Pickett one, man. This is a Kenny Pickett safe show for you and I, but also for Ray. Ray's been pounding the table for the longest time I can remember. I mean, it's on repeat in my head over and over again, just reading it out in Heisman chat. Kenny Pickett is not the problem. Kenny Pickett is not the problem. And if you watch that team and watch some of the plays that Kenny Pickett makes, it is not Kenny Pickett's fault that that team or that offense looks bad at times. It's a play caller first and foremost, and it's that offensive line has been god-awful at times. Um, Kenny Pickett has been fine. He's not a world beater, though. Like I, I don't think anybody's going to threaten or, Ray, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I don't I don't see a realistic scenario. Like, Kenny Pickett's kind of one where I don't think he's ever going to threaten the elite territory of quarterbacks, but if he, if he turns out to be a Kirk Cousins, right, and he could be a Kirk Cousins for his entire career or Derek Carr up until now, I think that's completely fine. And the way this dynasty landscape is for quarterbacks, like I'm good with safe. I'm good with just a little bit of safe and a little bit of comfort knowing that he's going to have a job for at least another couple of years. Yeah, I got Pickett in the same tier, and I'm looking at my rankings. He's right below Daniel Jones, and it's the tier right after Kirk Cousins, Geno Smith, Derek Carr. So I'm with you. I And – my, my big thing with, with Pickett and the quarterback position in general, in Dynasty, man, I don't have time to wait on running backs. Either you're good or you're not. Like, you kind of know with running backs right away. It doesn't mean you can't find you a gem that's older, like a Jarek McKinnon. But when you're talking about rookies, like TDP, Isaiah Spiller are probably dead. 
right? Like right. they just they can't get on the field. They're buried already. They're prop maybe two or three years from now they become a value when they just stick on long enough to to earn some backup job. But quarterbacks, I think one of the big lessons that I have learned from the quarterback position is panicking way too early. I saw people panicked on Trevor Lawrence last year, called him a bust. I saw people panicked on Tua, panicked on Justin Fields at the start of this season, bust, bust, bust. And now after you sold for pennies on the dollar, now somebody's bending you over backwards because now you've got to pay dollars on the, you know, multiple dollars on the single dollar to get them back. I watched Kenny Pickett and he's got weapons. He has mobility. He can run around. Uh, we've seen that already. And say what you want. Like, there's no metric to, to quantify this, but I, I trust Pittsburgh to a degree. I don't look at them as an organization that is just totally incompetent. We knew the offensive line was bad. It was bad with Ben Roethlisberger. They did little to nothing to improve it this year. So I'm not going to double-ding him for running around for his life because I kind of knew that. So – I, I think Kenny Pickett, Daniel Jones are two of the um, are two of the more obvious names of some of the older ones. I do want to throw one out here that's not being talked about a lot, but when you're looking at some of these some of these landing spots that may be looking for veteran presence and maybe can get you a year, I think Jacoby Brissett did a lot in Cleveland this year to potentially earn a chance, right? And right now he's being valued as QB forty two. At that point, what that means is I can get Jacoby Brissett as just a meaningless throw-in in a deal. And those are small little hedges that I think people can make during the offseason that cost you nothing. Listen, how many analysts out there touted Geno Smith coming into the season? I'll tell you right now, zero. Nobody. Yeah. Everyone said, fade Seattle. Geno Smith's a bum. You don't want – and this literally helping people win. He was – say what you want, he was voted to the Pro Bowl – um, he's helping people win fantasy titles, and I'm not saying Jacoby Brissett is going to follow that arc path, but you know, what if Atlanta, with one of their high picks, they say we don't have like we're not going to invest in a quarterback early. We're going to go best player available, and they're like, you know, look, we're going to sign Jacoby Brissett to be our bridge quarterback for a year or two. So I'm not looking at any of these guys in that range to be my fucking long term staple at the position. We play best ball. I'm looking, can I get a few starts out of this guy? in 2023 and i think Brissett being valued as qb 42 on keep trade cut is one of those under undervalued names that i think could end up next year you're like damn jacoby Brissett's starting quarterback right now and could be serviceable for you i think that's a great call ray um like i i think he earned at least the opportunity to have competition to to win the job where he's going to have right. the leg up in competition and if you do what you're supposed to do you're going to be the starter for somebody next year. And, and I think I, what I like that about that so much in Dynasty Degenerates, I want you to think about this, is that we're talking about how gross the landscape is. So there's going to be teams out there that need quarterback, whether you want to believe it or not. And it, listen, we all get excited about the 23 class. We all get excited about the 24 class. But 24 is not here yet. And 23 has... From my understanding, two projects that are not going to be seeing the field week one. Two guys that maybe see the field week one. So you're talking about two guys that are as rookies start day one, maybe. Like that means a whole bunch of retreads are going to have to be starting for teams that need quarterback. And I think what, what he just hit on with Brissett is like of the bunch, when you start getting outside of the top 32, right? So you think about like 32 right now, that's Taylor Heineke, man. Uh, Brady's 31, right? You go down past some of these other guys, Sam Howe, 
Like Sam Howell is being propped up because he's a rookie and because there was hype around him coming out. Like Sam Howell's not going to be a starter next year. <laughs> Why you got to do that to me, man? Well, because, you know, it's it's 40 chess, and I got to at least give Mike a shout-out. Like, I had to do that. Matt Corral, I mean, who knows? We're, we're looking at the injury. For all intents and purposes, I think Bailey Zappi's still locked behind Mac Jones. You're going way down the list. You get Jacoby Brissett. It's a value. It, it brings me to this talking point I kind of was thinking about um, as Ray's talking about this. And so let's say you're at, like, the 105, right? And, and I think ideally we all know now this year – if you can actually lock up two of the top 12 quarterbacks, that gives you a security as well as an edge on the rest of the field, right? Because you have two of the top 12 guys. If you're in a 12-team league, there's, you know, everybody gets one of those. If you don't get one, now you have none. You get two of those, that's a significant edge. But let's say if you're at like 105, right, you're probably going to end up getting Herbert or Burrow in that spot. Um, let's just say, for example, that you get Burrow. On the way back, you're not going to get a top 12 quarterback on the way back, right? You're probably going to miss out on the Trey Lance, who the hell knows, three to four year sweepstakes of what could be there, the upside. Okay, so if, if that's the case, I, I think this is something with the quarterback landscape that I think people need to think about, right? What do you do? Like, do you chase in the first couple rounds here? One of these 23 guys hoping you can get a secure guy that maybe has a chance to break into the top 12? Do you try to get a picket or do you really forego, especially if we're talking best ball, for several rounds and start taking multiple shots on Jacoby Brissett's, you know, trying to land this year's Geno Smith and also get you some cheap starts? Like, what do you think, Ray, Mike, what do you think about in that scenario? What do you do here in best ball? For me, for best ball, I think I only have two strategies that I'm going to apply for next year as of right now. And I'm thinking about what I want to do for all these damn startups that I'm going to drag your ass into Adam. And then we're going to do all over again. How many leagues are you going to be at next year, man? 50? Probably. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) If I'm in the first round, Adam, and there is a top 12 quarterback. So you think about the back end guys, the, the fields, the, the Trevor Lawrence, the Tua and the deck, like, that's kind of the cutoff. You're going to throw Kyler Murray in there somewhere. I know there's a, the ACL concerns, but it doesn't matter, man. He, he tore his ACL. He still isn't falling out of the top 12, right? Trey Lance is the next guy. He broke his damn ankle. So he's got the same concerns, and I've actually seen Kyler be good at football in the NFL. So right. if I'm in the first round, Adam, there is not a player I will take other than quarterback available to me unless – I'm faced with the last choice of tier one quarterbacks of, of QB one through 12. If I'm at the back half and everybody has gone quarterback, that'll be the one time I want to zig when everybody else is zagging. And that is the one time, even in best ball, as much as I preach about wide receivers and, you know, you don't need to invest on the top guys. There's so many of these guys in best ball. You can find gems later. I will go. Jamar Chase. I will go Justin Jefferson there in the back half of the first round. And in best ball league specifically, Adam, I will pivot to just throwing a bunch of shit at the wall at the quarterback position. I will I will get the Ryan Tannehills. I will get a Kenny Pickett in round five. I will get a Mac Jones in round seven. And I'll just keep throwing shit at the wall at quarterback and hope to God I can find something like a Geno Smith. Hope to God I can find something that outproduces where I drafted him at. And just load up on the other top tier skill players, while everybody else wants to try to chase quarterback. Well, you could I'm also going the opposite. Yeah, 
you you could have also gotten Jared Goff. Like what what was his startup cost this last year? It was after round yeah, seven, sure. right? Like yep. it's not yep. just Geno. There's other guys that make sense in that that you know throwing shit at the wall range. But if I'm at the 105 and that scenario presented, right? I know I'm getting one of those guys, yeah. Burrow, Herbert. Yes. Hurts, if if people want to fall, you're taking them. There's no question about it. Like I can't pass that up. I would really hope somebody wants to pay me a massive ransom because it's best ball to come up for that pick. And I can demand one, but if I can't get it or people don't want to pay it, like I'm taking them. I'm taking them because they're an advantage over the rest of the league, period. I don't give a shit what comes back to me in the second round. I'll figure that out when it happens. I would ideally love, even in best ball leagues, you know, I started doing it last year in some of those other leagues that we talked about on this exact show when we dove into spike weeks and consistency weeks with elite quarterbacks. I started trading back up into the first round, right? Yeah. We got into this trend of everybody wanting to trade back. You know, my first is on the block. You know, you and Jay Rich talked about it. It became the thing. So fuck it. Let me go to the top and let me get two difference makers that I know are going to kick your ass week in and week out. And I'll figure out the rest of my roster later. But yeah, if it's one of these leagues like our last startup that we did, you know, both you and I drafted in the middle part. Right. We weren't getting another top 12 quarterback on the way back without trade. Nope. But you don't pass them up. You don't try to get cute and go, I'm taking Jefferson here. No. Or I'm taking Bijan or I'm taking whoever the hell it may be, Travis Kelsey. You take the quarterback and you'll figure the rest out later. And, and let me rephrase if I, I – maybe I didn't phrase that right. I mean, you are taking the stud quarterback at 105 regardless. There's no question. And if you, if you can, you should try to see if you can craftily trade back to get another top 12. Honestly, if yeah. you can get two of them, it's – even if you overpay, I promise it ends up not being an overpay later because of the edge you get. But my, my question more so is if they don't come back to you and you don't have the ability to trade into the top 12, what is your preferred method of chasing your quarterback to? Do you want to th- throw shit at the wall like Mike said there? Or is there somebody in the middle tier rounds that you're actually interested in saying this is my locked in quarterback too? So, Ray, what, what, what do you think? Man, it's – um. I, I don't I don't want to have to chase Kenny Pickett in round two, or you know I really don't want to do that. Um, right. I, th- I I think here's the thing. What I'll say this: what I've learned is you're not going to win with one quarterback in best ball. I don't care how good the quarterback is. Like it's just you're not going to win with one. Two is like the bare minimum, and even then. It, Look, we've seen 50 quarterbacks take, take snaps this year. Like it's I mean, Lamar Jackson out, you know, uh, Jalen Hurts out, right? Like, and it doesn't hurt until it happens at the most inopportune moment, right? And now the teams where you were just rolling with Hurts, you lose him at this pivotal moment, you're done. Like think about all the work you put into your roster and then you get to this point and Lamar's out, Hurts is out, Matthew Stafford took a shit, Russell Wilson's been benched and you don't have options. It is the, it is truly a helpless feeling. And I I think it gets you, it makes you think about irrational moves because if you're operating leagues with no trade deadline, now you're thinking, fuck man, I I really don't want to trade Saquon Barkley for, uh, uh, you know, insert quarterback. Right. And you just, listen, I did it in OG. I did it in OG. Like I, 
reactively traded Deshaun Watson to get Geno Smith, right? And I talked myself into this story where I'm like, like I, I lost Lamar and Deshaun Watson looked horrible in his return. I was like, I, I, I got to make a move. Like I have to, it was, do I want to eat? Do I, do I, did, did I want this season to go to wait? Because it's not just, here's the thing that people fail to realize. It's not just like, oh, I'll just punt it. No big deal. I'll eat the L and I'll move on next year. You know what that means? It's another year of age on your back. That's right. a year of age on your tight end. Like everything that you worked for during that season in meaningful leagues is down the freaking drain. So for me, Adam, I, at that spot at 205, I don't want to have to go chase one of those, that tier of quarterback right there. So I'm probably going to roll the dice on best player available for me. I'm a wide receiver whore, so I'm looking at what's there. Is, is A.J. Brown there? Is Waddle there? Something like that. Right. And praying. And I just know rounds three, four, and five, I'm just going to have to hammer what's available at quarterback. Like, and you're still going to end up reaching uh, at, at some position. Hopefully, some of the rookies get the requisite draft capital. But I say this all the time. The, the, the thing that you don't want to do is be banking on rookies to save your – like, I don't want to go in the season with Joe Burrow and C.J. Stroud as my two quarterbacks. Like, that's just – Right. I mean, at, at that point, I don't even know what my direction is. Like, it's – I hope and pray that Stroud is good, but that's it's probably not going to end well for me there. He's probably going to average fucking 13 points a game and not even make lineup. So, yeah. it is – this just speaks to um, the state of the quarterback position and why I think some of these – guys that people don't really like Ryan Tannehill, Jared Goff Geno's like they're going to be starters Derek Carr I get it right like I get it we want a shiny new toy in Las Vegas but you mean to tell me Derek Carr is not one of the best 32 quarterbacks oh get out of here like Derek Carr gets cut by the Raiders today he gets a job I can promise you that like I will put any amount of money that Derek Carr is going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL don't talk yourselves into these child stories just for the sake of trying to 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 complete your narrative right like stop jared goff's one of the best quarterbacks in the world period you may not like him i'm not saying he holds tremendous value in the dynasty space but go look at his record go look at what he's accomplished at quarterback in the nfl he's got multiple four thousand yard seasons right when he's in structure he's got the weapons he's like uh, this is this is where we are and My only pushback on the trade-up strategy is I think that gamers, and it's going to be interesting to watch this play out in startups, but I think Dynasty gamers realize how poor the QB landscape is, and I think that trading back up and to get back in is harder, depending on the league you're in. You know, that whole thing where you could trade back and you move your second and the third and you pick up a seventh. Like, I I don't think that's... You might be able to get it done in some spots, but by and large, you select Mike at the 103 and you get your Justin Herbert, you get your Jalen Hurts, I'd be hard-pressed in sharp leagues to think that you'll be able to get back up into the 108 range because I'll tell you right now, if I can do that, I would pay whatever it costs to get back into that top eight, to get a Lamar, to get a Hurts, to get a Herbert, to get an Allen, to pair with my Patrick Mahomes. Like, you want my fucking future 24 first? You want a second and a third? Take, have it. Have it. Give me those two quarterbacks. But I, I'll be interested to see how the community adjust for this poor quarterback play this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm 
Man, you, you hit on a lot of good stuff there, and I'm 100% with you. I think that most times it's going to cost you more than you think it will. Based on startups previously, because the landscape's so bad, people are not going to just let you come up and get a top 10 pick for what it used to cost last year, two years ago. That being said, like if you can find a way, if you find someone that is willing to trade out of that spot, and is willing to basically at that point, you're probably going to rebuild, right? If you can find a way to do it, what you just hit on Ray there is if you can land, let's say, you know, Justin Herbert or Jalen Hurts, and then you also are able to get Trevor Lawrence, like whatever you paid in the startup, there's going to be a very good chance in the year that someone is going to be coming calling for Jalen Hurts or Trevor Lawrence and the startup values are out the window now, right? And what it's going to cost to acquire that person from you is going to be more than you at that point could maybe throw that quarterback away for three legit pieces and you get back one of your, as Mike says, shit on the wall quarterbacks. Um, I, I think this is going to be a very interesting startup season because you have all in the same year, right? This is going to be the first year where like you had, let's just say it on air, Dynasty Degenerates. You've listened to us for almost a year now. You heard our running back push, all right? You heard our narratives. And we all know that shit, that ship has sailed, man. That, that's Yikes. dead. We, we lost that one. That's a big L on the 4D faces. And it's all right because, you know, we move on. But Right next to the 2022 quarterback class. <laughs> no, I was going to give one of the two. Wait a minute. We'll wait a minute. I got to stop you. I got to stop you. Why is the running backs? Why is that a big L? Why? Oh, um, man, we, we were running back value before wise. everything, right? Value-wise. Yeah. I and, get that, but why, But what happened this season as to why you think that's an L? Um. Well, I think the values are there because the values have really switched now where the running backs, people do not want to invest premium capital into outside of maybe like, uh, you know, the Saquon Barkley type, the B. John Robinson, right? That will probably be the enigma. And outside of that, they're going to start taking receivers, right? We, we pushed running back over, over the receivers. Like there's just no way there's no world. When we talked Jonathan Taylor over Justin Jefferson, there's no person in the world that's going to take Jonathan Taylor over Jefferson. And I think as much as we like Jonathan Taylor, even if he'd been smashing this year, he's going into year four next year. Right. And at that point for the running back position, it doesn't hold the same weight as does Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase and these guys that are super elite, even CeeDee Lamb. Like, they're probably going to go ahead of Jonathan Taylor next year across the board. And I guess what I'm kind of getting at here is you're going to have in the same year, everybody realize that the quarterback landscape is shit, right? And everybody's going to be taking the receivers early. And what I think what, what this is going to do and kind of to what Ray's getting at, why, why is this an L? Well, there's going to be a point where you have to make a decision. One, when is running back worth pressing the button on? When do people push wide receivers too far up the board? And then on top of that, the quarterbacks after 13, 14, 15, 16, like we saw in our first startup, they didn't go for rounds. I mean, people just punted the position after that. So you have all in the late second and in the third and the fourth, like everybody's going to want to take receiver. There's only so many, like you're going to have a lot of decisions, I think to be made in that second to fourth, fifth round that I think are pretty critical. And I'm with you Ray on, I want to get the receivers until it becomes like, I do not want to start taking Michael Pittman in the back end of the third or in the early fourth. Like 
nothing personal against Michael Pittman. It's just that's way too early for him. And I think that's where we start having the conversation of what we do in the startups and where it, where it makes sense. The, the simplest answer for RBLs for us, for me, is I could just go player by player that Adam and I at one point touted or shit on and got absolute the reverse, right? We're saying JT definitely worth three first, man. Generational running back. Yikes. Antonio Gibson, still worth a 23 first, which I paid. I do what I say in real life. Yikes. Cam Akers for Adam. Bad. I shit on Ramondre Stevenson, and now he's one of my favorite running backs. Like, I'm all in on the right. The rhino, I shit on Damian Pierce so much early, and he turned it around for me where I'm like, you know what? I might want to take a gamble of this guy's still the dude next year. Like, he might actually be worth that first-round pick, and I'm dunking on people for it. Rashad White, I'm like, y'all fucking crazy, man. Why do you like this guy? He's behind Lenny. And still, to this day, we still have some questions, but still, I'm just going like – uh, DeAndre Swift, shit, forgot about him. <laughs> How'd that work out for us? All right, man? Mike, you know how Mike, Mike you've, you've, you've done enough, man. We, 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 we're we getting <laughs> embarrassed on air here. All right, come on, man. I'm being honest, man. I take my L's in stride, man. I know I know where I fucked up. <laughs> but that's how, you get, that's how you learn and get better. There definitely has well, been a shift to more value at the running back or at the wide receiver position. Can I, can I give y'all some, can I give y'all some credit though? Can I, can I give y'all some relief here? Please do. We, we need I, it. I Mike just buried us. And this is, this is why what, what I believe how we should operate. I don't think it's that the position law, this was a rough year for the running back position um, in general, right? Because a lot of the guys that people invested in early got injured and a lot of the forgotten names came back and, and exploded, right? We didn't have a strong rookie running back class in general. Um, but I think that will change. Wait until 2023. Wait until Bijan gets drafted and Gibbs hits a go- dope landing spot and Zach Evans and Kendra Miller and Zach Charbonnet and Blake Corm get all this opportunity. What I think the learning lesson is for running back is – and. And hear me when I say this, and you gotta, you truly have to implement it. You gotta look at these guys in a two year window at running back, two years. Yep. And that doesn't mean that they're gonna be shitty after year two or year three. But if you get you a rookie that comes in and smashes in their rookie season, and then going into their sophomore year, the value is through the roof and they perform their sophomore year, I think at that moment in time, I don't care who it is. You need to be looking to capitalize on that value, right? Because so true. Uh, it's they're going to get hurt. All, all, and it's not a running back's going to get hurt, but the, the nature of that position, right? It's one ankle tweak. People were saying Jay was dead before he got put on IR, right? Like it was just oh, I don't, I don't want any part of it. But what that will allow is Saquon Barkley had about a two-year stretch where he was dead, right? No one wanted Saquon, right? He tore his ACL, then he had the high ankle sprain. And you had a bunch of people come out and say, he's not going to be worth a damn this year. And there was an opportunity to get you some Saquon for 60% less than his post, uh, his, his, his post rookie season cost, right? Josh Jacobs, that, that dude, no one wanted Josh Jacobs in the off season. Miles Sanders, nobody wanted Miles Sanders, right? Um, I, I think the way that you have to operate is two years, right? Two years, get your value re-roll with another rookie, find you an old veteran, because I promise you what's going to happen is a lot of these cats that were kind of like, uh, I don't know, Javonta Williams, ETN, like they're, they're going to have another value spike in their career 
later on, and it's going to provide you a window to get them. Um, but when this new – listen, I, I look back, you guys. Um, I look back. The only running backs, like from 2011, I went all the way back to like the 2011 class, and the only one that's still in the NFL is Mark Mark Ingram. If you go to 2013, it's like – Latavius Murray and like two other running backs. 2014, the only running back that's still in the NFL is Jarek McKinnon. 2015, it's like three running backs from the 2015 class, right? And then you get to 2017 is the last class where there's like a whole bunch of them. And that's Joe Mixon, Christian McCaffrey, Deontay Foreman, um, Austin Eckler. That's that class. But you look at all those guys. They're 27, 28 years old, right? So you're, you're looking at a segment of that uh, of running backs that's making up about a quarter of the league from like the last class with a, 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 a an, an active amount of running backs they're going to phase out right and then you start kicking up the can 2018 is is Barkley 2019 is Josh Jacobs David Montgomery so I, I think the way that we need to approach this position like is after about two years capitalize on that value I, I know you loved you some DeAndre Swift Adam but it was probably time to capitalize on that value, not going out and buying him, but Selling it was the him. time to flip him right. and use those assets and get you a Brian Robinson. Like, I don't really, I don't think Brian Robinson's some great fuck back, but you know what he is? He's 220 pounds and he can command 20 carries and he's going to get that from now for the next three or four years. You know that B-Rob's going to get you 20 plus opportunities a game. Right. And just backfill with those cats, man. If you can get you an anchor stud, great. But the moment Kenneth Walker's value gets to the point where I can trade him for three firsts, he's gone. I don't give a damn how good I think he is. Bijan, you want to give me three firsts plus a player for Bijan Robinson? Take him. I don't care. Right. And just backfill with some of these other guys. So I don't, I I, I really think that the pendulum is going to swing super far in the opposite direction. And people are going to get burned by receivers because I, I, you know me, I'm I'm wide receiver man all day. But I can look down the wide receiver line, and there was a lot of non-producers at the wide receiver position too. There's a lot of cats out there at wide receiver that you were drafting high that really weren't giving you, giving you damn near anything all season long. So it works both ways, man. Ultimately, quarterback is fucking king. Like quarterback is king, and your elite producers are king. Whatever position that may be. And I still think at wide receiver, you can volume that a lot better than you can running back. Like, you really just – you can't play that game at running back. It's kind of haves and have-nots there as well. No, you're you're spot on here. And th- th- this is where – man, a couple things you touched on here. So, so, when you talk about getting that running back, right, that's, that actually is in this elite territory now in year two, essentially, year one or year two, right? So, what they have is this shiny new toy feel, right? It's It's – there's a longevity built into the cost, which is hilarious given that we know everybody's going to tell you that running back doesn't have a long shelf life and that they are the ones that are going to get most injured. But like you, you already touched on this player, uh, Ray. Travis Etienne totally fit that bill this year. It, it, he fit that bill midway through the season when the landscape went to hell. Everybody's getting hurt. And ETN was in the discussion for a lot of people as starting at running back two and definitely like top five, top six running back, right? Yeah, Mike's raising his hand, and um, we'll, we'll go Guilty. ahead and let Mike have that L. 
but uh, you know, I had plenty of L's myself. Cam Akers basically couldn't see a field, but that's not the here nor there. The point is, when you get that second year guy though that hits that premium price, if you can find a buyer for that price, let them have all the risks now, right? You're getting out at top dollar, like Travis Etienne. Whether you like him or don't, and I know Mike is very high on Travis Etienne. I liked him too. I know Ray was lower on Travis Etienne. I think you had him at running back three in the class. Regardless of how you feel prior, right? Like Travis Etienne did not have RB1 ceiling, period. Didn't happen, right? So if he's in the territory of RB2 to five, why are we not moving him? Now, the answer is because the running back landscape so bad and people are not willing to let Travis Etienne, who probably had those three weeks of 100 plus yards, they're not willing to let that running back that has longevity that's smashing on their points per game go. And I think that's where what Ray's hitting on is so big. You can find replacement level points in Ramondre Stevenson before he got the peak, right, in the value. Brian Robinson. There, there, there's so many guys that you can trade for as the replacement level player. Rashad White before he got that bump. And you can get a true haul back, at least a first and probably more. That is how you flip out of the running backs that do hit this you top You have point. to listen to me. Everybody out here listen to this. It's the hardest thing in Dynasty to do. You can talk about it until you're blue in the face, but until you're faced with that actual conundrum, it's very difficult. But you have to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. You have to look at ETN after he went out there and got you 32 points and say, you know what? This is where I'm going to execute the teardown. This is where you guys are valuing him as a top three running back. I'm going to trade you my Travis Etienne, and I'm going to tear down to Ezekiel Elliott, to Brian Robinson, to Rashad White, and I'm going to get multiple assets on top. Of it. And it's hard to do. Everyone talks about that they can do it all. It's easy to tear down off of something you don't want. It's right. easy to tear down off of something that's injured, that's not there, that you don't want. It's very difficult where a motherfucker just goes out there and smashes for you, and you see that he's getting – they trade away James Robinson. He's the guy. They're throwing him the ball. Look at how explosive he is. If you want to, if you want to grow as a dynasty gamer, if you make those process moves more time than not – I guarantee you at the end of the day, you're probably sitting in a better boat than, because it's that short-term gratification. Maybe for the next two weeks, you're sitting back like, man, I really traded Travis Etienne for Brian Robinson and a first and a second. This does not feel good. B-Rob's out here splitting work with Gibson. But at the end of the year where you're sitting back and you're like, damn, Robinson's still getting those 20 carries. He's scoring about on par with Etienne. And I got two additional liquid assets that I could trade to help me push for the championship or draft something else. Like you just have to do it. And if you if you never do it, you'll never know how good you really are. But if you if you just execute that process, again, it's easy to tear down off of something that you don't want. It's simple. You don't want you some Kareem Hunt. Oh, I'll tear down from who Tear, let me see you tear down after, off of Kenneth Walker after he goes out there and just runs, is running through people, and people are saying he's the RB1 in Dynasty. Like, let, that's, that is how you win long-term, and you've got to have the Dynasty discipline, double Ds, destiny. You've got to have the Dynasty discipline to just do it, and it's a lot easier said than done. Let's uh, – Let's pivot to something happy because you're talking about these running backs. I named off all the L's. The only two hits I had was 
being a proponent when we had Nick Ercolano on this very show of Josh Jacobs being one of the first. Yeah, there you go. got one W. Josh Jacobs, <laughs> Joe Mixon arbitrage, right? Yep, yep. That was the show way back, way oh, back over man. the summer. And then uh, Miles Sanders, man. But that's just because I'm an Eagles fan. And Nick Sirianni's an asshole. I'm just going <laughs> to say it real quick. Ramondre is trade candidate. I'm telling you. Just, I know he's Shit. good. Listen, I just bought into him. <laughs> well, no, right. Talk about it. What, what, what are you looking for in return? Let's talk about it. I think you can easily get you a future first plus for Ramondre Stevenson. But at 24 years old, he'll be 25 next season, going into year three. I mean, it's this. He's healthy. You you don't trade the fucking running back after they blow their knee out. You got to get off of them while they're fully healthy and smashing. Like that's just what it is. Like he is the. Going into this next year will be Ramondre's year three season. Like he's the prime example of one, because let me tell you what's going to happen. If somehow Ramondre gets hurt, do you think he's going to hold his value? You think no. Ramondre Stevenson is going to hold top 12 value? I do not believe that to be the case. Not even Especially close. Especially with the running back class that's coming in. Right. That's one where if, if your trade deadline is still open and you're not contending, and you're sitting there and you got Ramondre and you're not shopping them right now, you're doing it wrong. Like, you should be like, you know what? Reroll Ramondre as good as he is and maybe get a Zach Charbonnet plus plus. Like, that's the play. Like, he's he is prime trade candidate numero uno for me across some dynasty leagues in, going into the offseason. That's interesting. And it's not because he's bad. It's not because he's bad at all. That's interesting, Mike. I'll kick it to you, but it, I'm looking at our startup we've done, right, with our patrons and – I think Ray's really hitting one on the head here, man. Like, Ramondre went ahead of, at the 6'10", Najee Harris, Damian Pierce, Tony Pollard, Alvin Kamara, your boy Antonio Gibson, Rashad White, by, and you start getting to those guys, you're talking about, like, over two rounds now. And, like, I, I like the Rhino, but... I love him. But I love him. He He's right. This is a point where... I guess you, when you're trading him, right, if you're holding Ramondre Stevenson, the Rhino, you're making the bet, really, that you believe that 6'10 in a startup or, you know, top 15-ish running back is nowhere near his ceiling. You, If you're making the bet that you think going into year three and then possibly next year, year four, he's going to be a top 10 running back with the 23 class coming in, man, that is a large, large bet that you're probably doing wrong. I think, man, I think, Ray, you actually – might have swindled me and, and talked to me about this because I, I think I wasn't really into selling Ramondre, but that's a great point. Mike, what do you say? You're never into selling the ones that you should fucking sell. Like, legit. Like, when you really think about it, right? Like, it, it, the ones that you're like that, like, you're never really into selling that guy, right? But if, if I told you right now, you can trade your Ramondre Stevenson for Brian Robinson in a 24 first. How could you not entertain that? Oh, I would do that in a heartbeat. But but how could you how could you not entertain it? Rem, Brian Robinson in a, in a in a in a random, you know, the 110 in 2023 for Ramondre Stevenson. How could you not at least say, you know what? Like, let me think about that deal. You know, like how could you not entertain that? Yeah. And if you get somebody that really loves the Rhino. All right, give me Brian Robinson a first and a third. Just kick back that that third just to just to make me feel good. You you let some, don't count somebody else's don't count somebody else's pockets. Let them tell you no. But he is he is one that I would actively be trying to see what I can get for him and though. But I know Mike is trying to transition, but no. that's how you got to play this running back market, man. You gotta you gotta get ahead of it, man. You'd rather be 
six weeks too early than six fucking weeks too late, man. I'm sitting here with egg on my face, too, because it took me all fucking year to get in on the rhino. Now I'm touting the rhino and Ray's out here spitting hot facts. Just, I'm I'm devastated. <laughs> devastated. I love the rhino. I, I'm I love devastated because you're right, man. You speak the truth about it. Let's get into something a little bit uh, lighter of a topic. It's something that I think would be pretty fun here, Ray. 2023 quarterbacks, right? We started oh. off with quarterbacks going into the future. But let's look at it, man. You are the guy that I come to. I have gotten so many absolute fucking gems as I transition more and more into predominantly doing my rookie drafts before the NFL draft. If you're in the bomb squad league, that could be fucking February. <laughs> if you're in one of our patron leagues, that happens at the beginning of April. But I got some decisions I'm going to have to make relatively quick. I mean, we are just now getting towards, quote unquote, the off season, but April 1st is going to be here before I know it. So 2023 quarterback class, how do you see it, Ray? How many guys do you have in here that you feel comfortable? How many guys do you think are going to be first round NFL picks or top 50 selections like you talked about with Anthony Richardson a little bit on some of the stuff you've been doing on Wake Up? Where are you at on the 23 quarterback class as a whole? This is um this is like my favorite topic to discuss right now. Um to answer your question, the easy question, I think we have four first round quarterbacks, Bryce Young, Will Levis, CJ Stroud, and Anthony Richardson. Um and if they're not first round, I could I would put my mortgage on it that they're all top 50 picks, okay? Um they all have warts. None of them, I believe, have the prospect profile that Trevor Lawrence nor Justin Fields had. I think they're all better prospects than everybody in 2022. And then if we kick it back to 2020, I don't believe they are the prospects that uh, Justin Herbert, Tua Tungvaloa, and Joe Burrow were, okay? With that being said, um, I I think that, and I had this conversation, I started this conversation this morning, and I talked about it in our Discord a little bit. I think that in today's NFL, the lens in which most dynasty gamers, Mike, um, view quarterbacks is they look at quarterbacks and they say, well, can he throw it 40 times a game? And is he going to be a 70% completion percentage thrower? We sat back this season and I've been guilty of it myself. And I'm just sitting there just dogging out Justin Fields because he only throws the ball 24 times a game. But what if in today's NFL, you don't need to throw the ball 40 times a game? And I'll just be honest with you. I don't want Justin Fields throwing the ball 40 times a game because if he's throwing 40 times, that's taken away from his greatest skill set, which are his legs, right? Justin Fields is never going to be a 68-plus completion percentage thrower, ever. And if that's the threshold in which you're grading him, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, that they're never going to be those guys. But what I've noticed in the NFL and what I'm noticing for fantasy football is these quarterbacks that have the ability to threaten defenses with their legs, they're being able to succeed no matter what, right? And we sit back and, oh, Justin Fields isn't dissecting defenses like Aaron Rodgers. All his throws are gimmicky. I don't give a flying fuck if it's gimmicky or not. If he goes out there and completes 16 of 24 and he's throwing two touchdowns, 175 yards, and he's giving me a buck 15 on the ground and another rushing touchdown, that's just fine by me, right? So when I'm looking at the criticism that I'm seeing from 
Anthony Richardson. Oh, he only completed 55% of his passes in college. A, there's a lot of um, uncovered context as to why that was the case. And B, I don't, I'm not looking at Anthony Richardson thinking he's going to be some 68% completion percentage thrower on his best day in the NFL. But you know what he is? He's six foot four, 240 pounds, and he can run a four four. He's got a cannon of an arm, and I've got enough film to say I know he can make throws because he can. Will Levis, I know people don't like him because of all these things. But here's my here's my question to you guys. Do you want to play it safe at quarterback with Bryce Young and CJ Stroud? Or if I told you that you're going to potentially get 85% of Jalen Hurts from Anthony Richardson, but you just got to wait a year and a half, right? You got to wait a year on Will Levis. You got to be patient. I'm fine with that. And I'm here to tell you right now, if A. Rich and Will Levis get the capital in which I think they are going to get, those are going to be my top two quarterbacks in Dynasty rookie drafts, period. I love Bryce. I think Bryce is the most pro-ready quarterback in this class. I think you can drop Bryce Young. Here's the thing. I think you can drop him into an offense, but I don't think he's going to not struggle. I don't think he just comes into the NFL and he's not going to have his struggles. But right now, when I'm looking, and I asked every one of my counterparts at the Draft Network that I work with, if you were a GM and I said three years from now, which quarterback would you hitch your GM wagon to as being a difference maker in the NFL? None of them said Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. It was either Anthony Richardson or it was Will Levis. It's a single first, dude. Like, that's all it – at the end of the day, all it costs you to take a chance on one of these guys is a single rookie pick. That's it. And here's an exa- here is a beautiful analogy. Shout out to, T- uh, to Pello from our, from our Discord group. He says, baseball, you've got certain players that can bat for 300 and hit you 40 home runs, and it's a handful of those guys in Major League Baseball. But you see – a bunch of major league baseball teams get the guy that's batting 220 but can blast 50 home runs every season and they're three, four hundred million dollar players. That to me is Will Levis and Anthony Richardson. Maybe they don't bat 300 every single season. Maybe they're 250 batting average. Maybe they're 230. Maybe they're 220. But both of those fuckers can go out there and get you 50 home runs in a season. And that's what I'm looking for. So when I'm looking at this class, I'm telling you right now, if Anthony Richardson gets the capital, he's my 101 in Superflex. My 101 in Superflex. If Anthony Richardson gets, I was listening to Matt Kelly and Rich Rebar. And, I, and Matt's not really diving into the rookie class now, but Rich asked him if one of those quarterbacks, Richardson or Levis, goes to Detroit, is there a case to be made for them to be the 101? And he unequivocally said, yeah. Like, what are we talking about? Yes. One of those quarterbacks hits that landing spot? Absolutely. If Richardson is a, if Will Levis, Anthony Richardson hit Detroit, right? Or if they get the capital, I will consider them at 101 in the Superflex League. I understand how awesome Bijan Robinson is. And if you want to, and I'm not talking value because there's no doubt Bijan's going to have value. I'm just talking about building, draft a player, got to play a player, right? If all it costs me is a single first to get a top 10 quarterback with the skill set of Anthony Richardson, Bijan's great. Look how quick look how quick it went south for Jonathan fucking Taylor. Look at that. Right. In the same amount of time, Jalen Hurts and Jonathan Taylor were drafted in the same class. And look at the trajectory of their dynasty values right now. 
They right. were both 2020 selections. And right now, JT's value is taking a little bit of a nosedive, and Jalen Hurts is on a fucking rocket ship to Pluto, right? Like, it's the quarterback is king, dude. And sometimes it, it, it may pain you, right, for a year. You got to wait a little bit. But when I'm looking at this class, man, Will Levis and Anthony Richardson are the two quarterbacks that I think for dynasty – those are the two that you want, even if those are the two that may not step on the field from day one. Those are the two guys that three years from down the line, I'd say, man, you got you a real difference maker at quarterback. Man, Ray, and, and Dynasty Degenerates, I think this is something you really got to think about because Ray brings up some unbelievable points. I, I think, Ray, for me, the, the reason that if you do take the other quarterbacks ahead so, so in that scenario, right, let, let, let's say – I'm not going to say that I wouldn't take Richardson very high, even even the first quarterback off the board, even ahead of Bijan, if he got the supreme landing spot. But the reason that you might not is this, and I think Dynasty Degenerates, this is the conversation you have to have with yourself and be real about. Think about how the Dynasty clock works, right? We're talking right now. Like, Think about everything we've talked about on this podcast, all the quarterbacks that are hurt. All the quarterback Jalen Hurts isn't going to play this week, right? Lamar's out. So many quarterbacks aren't playing. So there's a thirst at the position, right? And then you have to think about how the dynasty clock works. We're going to push youth. As soon as this fantasy football season is over, we are going to push 23. We're going to push all the youthful players. Even as bad as people may be upset with Traylon Burks in and out of the lineup, hurt, George Pickens being inconsistent, they're going to get value surge in the offseason because of the youth push, right? So when you think about that, okay, you're going to have all these quarterbacks being pushed significantly high up the board. You got to think to yourself, though, what are, what are you going to do? And how strong are your diamond hands? Because if we get to next season, which we will, it will happen. <laughs> next season will be here before you know it. And you have yourself, C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. And that person is starting, right? We know how bad the quarterback landscape is. So you're talking about after the top 12, someone may be willing to chase Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud because they're starting, they're young, and maybe they have a pop week one week. Maybe it's fluke, but maybe they do have a pop week. Okay, now you have Anthony Richardson or Will Levis, although that I'm with you, Ray, that long-term, when they get the keys, they could be Jalen Hurts. But we saw what Jalen Hurts, now granted, you didn't have to invest in Jalen Hurts, but you saw Jalen Hurts was thrown into deals before he got the job from Carson Wentz, right? Are you are you able to draft Anthony Richardson and say, I, am, I know that for a year he is not going to trend in the right direction in Dynasty because of the way that the fantasy football season works, and I'm willing to hold that player until – because here, here's the thing, even then, Ray, if you draft, draft him, let's say, in the top three, and you lose some value this year, when he does start, I can promise you this, when Anthony Richardson does start, the value bump he gets is going to be crazy. So you, you really have to ask yourself, what are you willing to do, and do you feel secure enough in yourself that when you want to go contend next year, are you not going to trade Anthony Richardson at a tremendous discount because you want a quarterback that can play right now? That, I think, is ultimately the big conversation that everybody has to have with themselves. And for me, if I'm going to take the other guys that are safer, 
it's not for me to invest in them long term. It's for me to play up all the dynamics I talked about on the other side, Ray, where Mike, te- Adam, I, go ahead. I'm going to stop you right. I'm just telling you right now. All things equal, they all get the capital. I'm not drafting the other guys over Richardson or Levis, period. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a flying fuck if they get to play right away. Here's the thing with that. we. I'm saying Anthony Richardson shouldn't, shouldn't play for a year. That's mm-hmm. what we're saying, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I also didn't think Desmond Ritter should be starting either, and, and he got on the field. Like, we say this, and it could be week four. It could be week five, Right. It, it 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 may take a year, but you know if if they're draft if they're getting drafted that high, they're getting drafted that high for a reason. They, the team that probably drafts them doesn't have a quarterback, and it's probably here. Here's my thing: the the growing pains should be baked into any of these quarterbacks the moment you draft them. If your expectation is young Richardson, Levis, or Stroud are going to come in right away and be Joe Burrow, you're setting yourself up for failure. But I'll just I'll say it like this right now. The only skill position player, the only one that I would take over any of these quarterbacks, and it would be in there's value, there's there's all this other stuff, but the only one is B. John Robinson. I'm not drafting nay one of these receivers over any of these quarterbacks. I'm not taking no Jameer Gibbs over any of these quarterbacks. It's not happening. It's not happening. I'm telling you right now. Levis Richardson are the two that I think have the skill set to be dynamic game changers for us in Dynasty because of their size, their arm talent, and their ability to run the ball. CJ Stroud is not a running quarterback. If he has to literally be just an absolute surgeon from the pocket in order to hit that peak value, okay? And Adam, I don't know if their value dropped. Remember Trey Lance's value was supposed to crater after he broke his ankle? His value was supposed to... People were out there saying, just sell them for a single first. Just get rid of them. You don't want them. It's over. He got hurt week two. His value's going to tank. His value didn't go anywhere. He yep. stayed top 12. Yep. Stayed top 12, right? I, I, don't, I don't know how much. If I draft Anthony Richardson, it's going to be like 401K. I'm just going to park him on the taxi, and I'll forget about him until he starts. Well, I'm, I'm, it's, I'm not even thinking about moving him because – I've seen what these type of quarterbacks are capable of doing in the NFL and what they're capable of doing for us in fantasy football, man. Like, I, I have learned a valuable lesson with these guys. He's everything that we wanted. Like, uh, these kids, are, these these two are good, and they're going to get the capital, man. I'm not taking – Bijan is the only skill position player I think is even in the conversation for going ahead of any of these quarterbacks. And I'm not even the biggest Young or Stroud fan – but they probably will play before Levis or Richardson, right? Yeah. And at that moment, if I want to trade them and tier to a different, if I want to go to a different direction and go get Kenny Pickett plus, you'll have that flexibility to do that. But there's only one skill position player who should be in the conversation, and he's a fucking running back. So I don't care how good Bijan is, he's a fucking running back. And I'll leave it at that because Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, Javonta Williams, all these guys that were the next greatest thing all have been buried in one season of being injured. Buried. Buried. Uh, uh, People just shit on them from the high heavens now. Definitely agree with you on the one skill player. No no, no question. Um, let, me, let me say this, too, and I want to pass it to Mike because I'm, I'm sure he's got things to get to. Um, I, I'm, we were on the same page on Trey Lance. I know there was a lot of people saying, just selling for any first, the running quarterback stuff. 
I don't think that's going to end up being a long-term smart play. Um, we're already seeing Trey Lance being drafted in the second round in startups for next year. Um, we'll, we'll see if that holds true. But a single first for Trey Lance, unless you got a early one to replace him with one of these four quarterbacks, Ray, I don't think it was the right play, period. Se- secondly, um, like I, I understand completely, and I, I guess that's more the conversation. If you're willing to say, I am drafting him and I'm going to hold him, I'm not moving him, period. I don't care what happens, hell or high water. And you're willing to wait until he gets the job, whether that's week four, that's year two, whenever that is. If you're able to do that, like I can get behind taking him. My, my only counterpoint is if, if you are not the person that you feel like you have the strongest diamond hands, that's where I would, I would tell you to be careful about taking them too high if you feel like, all right, I want to go contend and you're going to sell them off. I, that is the one thing I would tell you do not do. Because if you invest high capital in these guys and then you trade them before they see the field, you played yourself. Uh, Mike, I don't know what, what you got outside of that. So heading into this one, we, we talked about it a little bit when Adam and I did the pod last week. We dove into some rookies and just kind of where we were at. And I thought I was going to get a shit ton of pushback when I named Will Levis as my QB1 for the class as of right now. I will say this, Ray. Also, up until just about right now, and within the last few days, just looking around the space, uh, TDN, uh, McShay's mock draft, Kuiper's mock draft, like looking at different sources, I had this impression in the back of my mind with Anthony Richardson, like going in, was he going to declare? Was he not going to declare? Okay, he declared. Where is he going to get drafted? And I'm kind of thinking like, man, if he goes in the second round, like I don't have a lot of interest in him. Like I, I just don't. Like maybe in the back end of the first, early part of the second, I'll take a shot. But as I'm looking, I mean, this guy is almost consensus top 15 quarterback. And if I did it with Mac Jones way back when, when he was a top 15 drafted quarterback, arguing with folks at nauseum about the fact that teams will not use a top 15 selection on a quarterback without the intention of playing him almost immediately. Now, it may be six games. It may be eight games. They may have a bridge like we saw with Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky. But the fact is, if Anthony Richardson is a lock to go in the top 15 and he's going to play with the skill set, like I'm all aboard the skill set, Ray. You don't have to convince me about that. He has that wow factor. I fought tooth and nail for a guy like Justin Fields all offseason. On the flip side, I'm a critical Eagles fan. It took a lot of arguing with you personally about Jalen Hurts to finally get me on. And then I'm, you know, I'm all aboard the Jalen Hurts train. Like I'm I'm like, yes, he's QB3 in Dynasty. No question about it. What about Justin Herbert? Fuck Justin Herbert. I want Jalen Hurts. I'm taking him not 10 out of 10 times, man. Same. No question about it. Same. But I will say this with Anthony Richardson. In regards to Bryce Young goes one and C.J. Stroud goes three and Will Levis goes six or whatever the case may be, I am with you as soon as I get that back, that that bias that I had, thinking that Anthony Richardson is going to be an outside the top 15 NFL draft pick. Like if he goes 26 or if he goes 27 or 28, I can't consciously, to Adam's point, take him above a guy like uh, Bryce Young or CJ Stroud if they go one or three you know I just can't do it because I know Why how though? dynasty Why? because I know how dynasty gamers work like if you and I are in a league or we're in one of these patron leagues together with a lot of smart people who are tapped in all the time they will draft a Will Levis or an Anthony Richardson with that early early pick and diamond hand the shit out of them most leagues that I play in 
the 11 other managers, I don't trust them to do that one bit. I am betting against them doing it because I've seen them do it with so many other fucking quarterbacks with even better profiles. Like you, we talked a little bit about Trevor Lawrence at the start. People did this with Trevor Lawrence after one year with urban Meyer, it's done. Probably ain't getting a second contract. He ain't it. We overhyped the shit out of him. Justin Fields. He can't throw the ball. The first six weeks, people are paying. You get any second that you can get for Justin Fields, it's over. It's done. Jalen Hurts was the same thing. You had people like me for the last two years going, I get what you're saying. I just I just want more. I just don't see it. I, I don't think he can make all the throws. I don't think he can do this. It doesn't fucking matter. With most of my leagues, Ray, to Adam's point, people will do that. If somebody wants to go like, hey, I heard Ray really talking up on this episode about, you know, draft Will Levis or draft Anthony Richardson at the 101, they will do it. But by week nine or week 10, if he's not playing, if he's not doing anything or he's looking shaky, if he's having a Justin Fields start or a Trevor Lawrence start to his career, those people are subject to panic 100 times out of 100 and they will do it. And that's when I want to pounce in and fleece like I believe in this man. I'm going to be doing this with uh, Mac Jones. I still believe in Mac Jones. I still think Mac Jones is good at football. I think the weapons are shit. The offense coordinator shit. The situation isn't the greatest. But where people value him now is almost an afterthought. And at his acquisition cost, most managers I play against are subject to like, oh, yeah, you know, I'll trade, I'll trade for this shitty quarterback. You can have Mac Jones. He ain't it. Good riddance. And then when Mac Jones turns it on, then they're back in. Now now everybody's back in on a Justin Fields or everybody's back in on a Tua or a Trevor Lawrence. So to Adam's point about that, that's where he's coming from. But to my initial point about it, like I did have this bias in the back of my mind going like, I don't, I don't think he's a top 15 pick. And according to everything I'm seeing and talking with you, if that's a lock, man, I'm with you. I'm 100% with you because I will do it. I will take him. We had a question last night on our AMA. What would have to happen to Bijan to lose this consensus 101? That would be it. Anthony Richardson being a top 15 lock. Will Levis going number six in McShay's draft to Atlanta of all places. To yep, yep, yep. It's a thousand like, percent, man. How could you not get excited about that, especially in those situations where it doesn't matter who the fucking quarterback is there. They're just a bridge. Like nobody's going to look at Mariota or Ritter and think they're standing in the way of a Will Levis-like talent. Nobody's going to look at a Darnold or a P.J. Walker or whoever the hell else is in Carolina and go like, man, they're going to keep Anthony Richardson on the sideline for the entire year, even though they just spent the number 11 overall pick on him. That ain't happening. Maybe five games, maybe six games, maybe seven games. But Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, in those situations with that draft capital, will play early. So I don't have that, that kind of advantage where I can just slough off and wait. Now, I'd have to hope that when they play, they don't look the greatest or they don't perform up to expectations and we get this, what we were talking about with Fields to a Lawrence thing to go to to go out and acquire them. But that's where I'm at with the quarterback class. But kind of surprising Le- to Will, say. Will Levis to Atlanta at six. Where's he at? Oh. Where I did the I'm other guys fit. go? Do we know? Bryce, Bryce went one-on-one to Houston. Okay. Stroud went one four to Detroit. Ooh. Anthony Richardson went one eleven to Carolina. Wow! And for optional completeness, Bijan went five to Philly. Holy shit! Holy shit! Good God! 
and, I can and, say and this let me, with, let, me with let me give you let me give you let me give you this caveat. Yeah, yeah. It's not about value. You got to yep. draft him, and he's there on your roster. Let's like okay. when, when I when I when I met, when I have these conversations, because there's no doubt the value of if Bijan goes number five overall to Philadelphia on that team, like mm-hmm. the, the value. Even even if he's just a let's just say he's like a twenty point per game running back year one, right? I know the value that that position and that player is going to bring is going to be exponentially more than than any of the quarterbacks. So, but you got to draft them, and they're on your fucking roster forever. Bryce Young to Houston, Anthony Richardson, they're all top twelve picks. Richardson to Carolina, Levis to Atlanta, or Stroud to Detroit. Rank them. Mike, you want to go or you want me to start? I will say this. One and two are locks, and it is Will Levis and Anthony Richardson. Now, I don't know which order I would put them in. It would depend on how frisky I'm feeling that day. You know what I mean? If I want to swing for the absolute fences, and and Adam done this shit, either it's a strikeout or it's a home run, there's no in-between, I'm going Anthony Richardson. Mm -hmm. If if I want to play it a little bit safe, like I – I don't really want to miss on this. I know it's still risky, but I feel a little bit safer about it. It would be Will Levis. But those are one and two. Uh, then it would be Bryce Young, CJ Stroud by draft capital, period. Like that's how it was sorted out for me. I would have Anthony Richardson one. Um, I would have Will Levis at two. I would have CJ Stroud at three, Bryce Young at four. And I know that's opposite of the way it's drafted. But in this scenario, the way you told me it, Ray, when I'm breaking it down tiebreaker between CJ and Bryce, I really like CJ Stroud in the potential to throw to the weapons that Detroit has and also Mm -hmm. that they have built it right. They have a good offensive line. They have built it right. I feel good about CJ Stroud in that situation, which would make me go three. But Dynasty Degenerates, when when you phrase the question this way, right, I can't move them. There's not this value play back and forth. They're on my roster for the rest of time. The upside, I will swing every single time. No questions asked on the upside of Anthony Richardson first, then the upside of Will Levis. Not that I don't think Will Levis has upside. I think that Richardson, and Mike and I talked about this last episode, if it all breaks right for Richardson or for Will Levis, I think you have to be real and say that Anthony Richardson has a higher ceiling. So that's where I'm going to put him at one. And listen, y'all, isn't it interesting that I asked you to the same question. I asked my counterparts at TDN the same question. And Bryce Young, the 101 consensus, he's probably going to be always last. No, no, like, he's always the one that people are like, ah, take the upside of the other guys, right? The, the, I'm not playing it safe with these guys. All that's going to, and if I strike out, it costs me a single first. I'd rather strike out on a quarterback then use my 103, and, and I love receivers, but use my 103 on a fucking receiver that's dog shit. And now I just, like, I, I feel like at that point I completely wasted my rookie pick, right? At least with the court, because no matter how bad the quarterback is their rookie season, that value is probably not going to change a ton going into year two. They're still going to be the starting quarterback. They're still one of the 32. Like, this this is where we're at, you guys, with yeah. with Dynasty. Yeah. With the quarterback position, right? This is where it's like this is the moment where you can swing for the fences for a position that is the most important position in fantasy football. 
is it for how we play super flex it's the quarterback position so i and 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 I, and, I, and i pose the question how much does it even matter that fields isn't thrown for 4000 yards when he's giving you 1200 when he's a mm-hmm. 900 yard floor quarterback per per season i don't care man well, i don't need him to throw for 4000 yards mike adam i don't need that that's well that, that 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 I think is the bigger conversation actually here um on top of everything we just discussed is that okay Justin Fields right now right like I know for a fact in leagues I play in and discords that I'm in there are people that are concerned as hell about Justin Fields as a passer <sighs> now I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I am I I still fully believe in the arm talent I think the situation's terrible I think the receivers are bad around him but I'm just telling you that's absolutely a narrative so here's the problem with that narrative even if you think it's the case which i don't think he has an arm talent issue at all but if you boot if you do believe that why does it matter justin fields is absolutely smashing right now with no weapons and no o-line and nothing around him because he can run look at cam newton in his rookie season like very up and down as a passer why why do you care why do you care when he is doing what he did as a rusher, and he honestly, Ray, we you kind of talked about you know the running back position starting in 2011. Like I think Cam Newton changed and transcended the quarterback position that year as to what we're seeing now. Where when you look at the top quarterbacks, right, right, okay, so you, you're going to take Mahomes. He can he's a tactical scrambler. He's not someone that's going to look to run, but he does have at least some rushing upside. But you have Josh Allen, absolutely can kill you with his legs. Jalen Hurts can kill you with his legs. Lamar kills you with his legs. I mean, Watson's more of a tactical scrambler too, but he has rushing upside and feels. Kyler Murray, like you have so many of these guys, I don't even care what their arms are like necessarily. They're going to destroy you on the ground. And when we talk fantasy, that's immensely valuable. And, and there's very few people that can run at the quarterback position like Anthony Richardson does. And I think very here, few. And I think here's the big thing, too. Like, we look this year, right? People are like, oh, well, look at Malik Willis as a passer. Look at Desmond Ritter. They, they're third-round picks. You, you don't come in and smash, you're gone. You, you, you sink top 15, top 10, top 11 in this, in this case, Ray, into Anthony Richardson, he's not gone if he throws the ball poorly for a year or two or even three. Like, they are invested in that player, and when you think about that, he is going to run for those three years like crazy. He, he, he has so much more upside, Anthony Richardson, to me than the rest of the guys. Now, I'm not going to get too deep into you know the downside because I think there is potential for him not to really excel as a passer. But even then, even if that's the case for you, going back to the Justin Fields thing, even if you're so worried about the passing, the arm of Anthony Richardson, you got three years of – quarterback one almost locked in because of his legs that's crazy and when we talk about the quarterback landscape that's huge it's it's incredibly immense i think i think it's huge man ray this has been an excellent discussion i'm gonna get you out of here on one bonus question oh we're one done bonus Shit, yep. we're done already Dang. oh we we're done come on mike ray, ray isn't even right. trying to be done come on man all right, I'll save the bonus question. For Good, you, let, let, you let sit on just, that. You sit on. I, I want to because we, we 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 may disagree um, on our receivers and running backs, but I think where we all agree is how important the quarterback position is, man. 
And uh, here's the thing. This whole conversation is for not. If A. Rich, I'm with you, Mike. I'm saying 50 is like my floor, right? Because that would put him, you know, because would I hate Atlanta for picking number six overall and them saying Will Anderson is here. I've got to take Mm -hmm. Will Anderson. I'm not going to take a quarterback because Will Anderson here is Jalen. And then with their first pick in the second round, they take Anthony Richardson. Like, I'm not going to look at that as some huge knock that – Atlanta used the, you know, the 37th overall pick on Richardson. If he's a top 50, if he gets that Jalen Hurts level draft capital, I'm in. Yes, I would, I would, in this, in, 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 and, and I want to be very clear of what I'm saying. I'm not saying you have to take him at 101 or 102 because I think there are going to be people out there that say, I want Gibbs, I want Quentin Johnston. Me personally, I, I'm telling you right now, I wouldn't take no fucking Quentin Johnston over him. I'm just telling you that right now. So I'm not saying you have to do that, but in my mind, I'm watching that board. And if I'm sitting there and it's like 105 and Addison's off the board and A. Rich is still just chilling, like I'm figuring out, is there a way for me to go get this kid? Right. Um, but but I'm looking at the completion percentage of Justin Fields. You know what his completion percentage is here is 62%. What it was last year, 58.9%. Mm-hmm. Right. Like mm-hmm. this should be expected of a kid that's only Richardson's only played a season of college football. Like he's only played a season. So it should be baked in that like it's gonna take a little time for him to grow. It took Hurts some time. It took him some time. It took an organization that believed in him, and it took AJ Brown for it to really be unlocked. But let me ask you this. If you have Hurts now, like you don't even you're not even thinking about those first two years. You don't care. This dude's twenty four years old. Like, I don't give a shit. Like whatever you're not even think we have become so impatient and so spoiled in dynasty and uh, listen man uh there are a lot of people that i trust with my dynasty teams that are so impatient and you know they they need to have they need to practice a little patience right just because t-law or fields or Tua didn't do it from day one doesn't mean these guys are bums and this is why I will continue to defend Kenny Pickett and Zach Wilson. And I wasn't even the biggest Zach Wilson fan as a prospect. He's my QB four in the 2021 class, but I'm not going to like, he's a young kid, man. He's a young kid. He put, nobody was saying Zach Wilson sucked when he was gritty and all over the place earlier in the season. People were all in, Mm -hmm. they were all in, right? Kenny Pickett. I don't know. I'm, I do not believe that Kenny Pickett is going to be some elite weapon. But do I think he can have a career in the NFL as a starting quarterback? Absolutely. Do I think he can be a usable asset for us in fantasy football? Absolutely. I do believe that wholeheartedly. But you may have it may not just happen right away, man. Yeah. Like what are we what what are we the, doing, dude? The problem is the 2020 draft class happened and Joe Burrow up until his injury and then Justin Herbert spoiled it for everybody. And they think as a rookie, you just come in and you score over 18 fantasy points per game out the box. And if you don't, you're an absolute bum and you're never going to be anything. And then we just do this cycle year in and year out. Doesn't matter the quarterback. We don't give Trevor Lawrence time. We don't give Tua time. We don't give Fields time. Zach Wilson's going to get it right now. He's getting it right now where people are – overvaluing the piss out of Mike White were overvaluing the piss out of Mike White going like, should I trade an early second for Mike White? Why? Why? Like, why? Why Why would you do that? That guy's probably not going to have a job in the future. He doesn't have draft capital. The, the organization's not tied to him. What they do have 
is a guy they spent the number two pick on who's going into his second year and has to struggle and is learning from his struggles. Now, whether he actually ultimately overcomes them or not, it's to be seen. But it doesn't matter the quarterback. If you spend premium draft capital on a quarterback as a team, you're not locked into it, but you don't have a lot of reasons to move on from him. And even if you do, other NFL teams around the league look at it and go, man, that dude was the number two overall pick. Yeah, I'll take a shot on him. Carson Wentz, as much shit as he's gotten over the last three years, the Washington Commanders still looked at it and went, yeah, we'll give you a third for him. We'll see if we can fix him. This is the number two overall pick we're talking about. I know this is going to be his third team. We don't care. Sam Darnold. We all love to dunk on Sammy Darnold. Doesn't matter. Carolina was taking a shot on him. And Carolina was almost just, you could sense, waiting when Baker didn't work out for him. A number one pick they gave a second chance to for Sam Darnold to come back and save him. (laughs) See if we got anything in Sam Darnold. We're willing to give him a shot. Patience at the quarterback position is at an all-time low in Dynasty, and I think it is something that you can absolutely capitalize on in your Dynasty leagues, period. People want to sell Zach Wilson for a third, gobble him up. And if he doesn't, so what? Who gives a shit? It's your third. No one cares. I don't care if it's the 301. I can can tell all these rookies that I like. I could go through your ranks with a fine-tooth comb, Ray, and going like, man, Ray's got this guy in this tier, and he's available at the 301. I don't give a shit if it's three that player or Zach Wilson. I'm taking Zach Wilson. It's a quarterback. It's super flex. We see people on waiver wires going absolutely bananas for Brock Purdy, for fucking Gardner Minshew this week, for whoever it is. We need quarterbacks. We need players to start. There's only 32 of them on a given week. Guys like Zach Wilson don't come available all the time. If he misses, so what? You don't give a shit. It's a third. Move on with your life. I'm not advocating to go out and send your first-round pick for Zach Wilson. Don't do that. Don't do something stupid. But have some patience with these guys and capitalize when other people are panicking and other people aren't doing it. And I will say the ultimate ultimate umbrella in this whole conversation is guys like Will Levis and Anthony Richardson if, if they get the subsequent draft capital, if they're in decent situations, and if they happen to struggle, you should be the first one pouncing on your league mates who are panicking, period, because I think they have tremendous upside. Well, and, and that's, I think, man, full circle on a lot of this conversation, right? So what, one of the things that, you know, Ray said that is sticking with me and I, I keep thinking about as everyone else is still talking is, okay, let's talk about this for a second, right? And, and this is where I think Dynasty Degenerates, I can tell you, Ray can tell you, Mike can tell you right here. So we're blue in the face. You have to diamond hand these guys if they don't start right away. But it's up to you to actually do that. But but here here is the thing I think you have to really keep in mind. If you're willing to say, I'm going to sink my teeth in, I'm going to diamond hand it. And I'm going to take them early, okay? Ray brought up, he, he kind of proposed the situation. Okay, well, what if they don't even smash? They're going to hold value. And is that true? And the scenario is absolutely, man. Look at Trey Lance. Okay, Trey Lance played one game in 2020. He had a a dress rehearsal game, right? 2021, he doesn't play. 2022, he gets hurt, shows you nothing, plays in the rain, essentially. This guy in our last startup, so so he's played, I mean, what, three and a half football games? Since 2019, since COVID happened. Yeah, it's crazy. 206, because he has rushing upside and went to San Francisco. 
Like, think about the retained value that Trey Lance has. Okay? Now, Trey Lance does have the elite upside that, you know, more like a Anthony Richardson and more like a Will Levis. Okay? Let's talk about a guy who doesn't even have this upside. Let's talk about Kenny Pickett. Mike and I were on an island when we're talking yes, taking the, at, at 103-ish, right? 102. Basically, we're like, take, take you know, Walker ahead and then take and pick it for sure. Yep. Yep. This guy is the next quarterback off the board after Trey Lance. <laughs> even, even still, after a terrible rookie season, people are like, they're going to draft another quarterback. He's 410. He's going ahead of Kirk Cousins, right? And I'm going to leave you with this one, which as I was thinking about this, I pulled it up just to see. Did not expect this. I, honestly, Dynasty Degenerates, the wildest thing that I have seen today, that I've, I've probably seen maybe this whole year, there's a, a first-round quarterback that has played, I think it's only one game, is unlikely to get the job next year, has been in the NFL for years, and is valued at quarterback 21 on keep trade cut. Good Lord. And his name is Jordan Love. <laughs> and, no. and nobody's talking because it's just silence. There's nothing to be said. Jordan Love is valued ahead of Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers right now by Keep Trade Cut. Now, okay, so all that being said, be the smart people. Be the dynasty degenerates that we're talking about here. Be the people that diamond hand it. And Ray, when I talk about, though, if I was going to do it where I draft the other quarterbacks ahead, it's because... There are people, whether you think they eat lead paint or not, that play dynasty fantasy football that put Jordan Love almost as a top 20 quarterback. And, I mean, seriously, I, I, I know it's not likely. It. I know it's not likely, but I play in leagues with these type people. <laughs> and that is only there because people consistently press the button on Jordan Love ahead of whoever else that is behind him. Th that is the only case. I want to make this very clear. That is literally the only case that you take the safe quarterbacks that play week one is because you think in your leagues that you can play up this trade. If you cannot do that, if you are playing in leagues like Mike and I and Ray, where everybody's really tapped in, they talk dynasty daily and they're sharp, I wouldn't do that. It's probably not going to go your way. You're going to need Bryce Young or CJ Stroud to play really well out of the gate to have all the situation right around them because if they don't do that by the time Anthony Richardson or Will Levis steps on the football field they're easily past them and I think that is a very big conversation for what you do in your drafts in these 2023 rookie picks man and if you're like me I have so much 2023 first round picks Ray since we started talking about 23 and 21 I have a lot of decisions to make in the top 12 picks, man. I have a shit ton of picks. And when I start thinking about swinging for the fences, I'm probably going to have to start doing it earlier than I thought about today with Anthony Richardson and Will Levis. And I'm fully with you. They they have to the moon ceiling. They just, they just do. It'd be worth it, man. I, I just, I, I think both of you guys did great segues to wrap up this conversation. And I'm sure we'll have a lot more as the process rolls on. Um, but this is what you're looking for. The, the, these, these guys, Levis and, and Richardson, the, these are the guys. And there's something to be said about 
I need to have like a likability score or a wow factor on certain prospects because I promise you this, and I'll, I'll shut up after this. All it's going to take is one Anthony Richardson run. One. One. For people to be like, holy shit. You know what I mean? It's 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 going to take one run and one time for him to take a five-step drop and launch it down the field. I don't care if it's complete or incomplete. And people are going to be like, next thing you know, you're going to get an offer in your inbox. Hey, hey, Adam, I'll, I'll send you my 24 first for your... Uh, for your Anthony Richardson. Like it's, there are certain, pl- no matter what Devontae Smith does, no matter, hear me out, no matter what he does, because of the negative bias on him going into the draft, he's about to be a thousand yard receiver in year two after being damn near a thousand yard receiver as a rookie. And people are still kind of like, nah, it's AJ Brown. Yeah. Um, yep. I, I'm going to a, a very extreme example because this player didn't do anything this year, but I don't care if Isaiah Spiller goes out there next year and has a thousand yard season, people are still going to be like, nah, I don't buy it. Don't like him. He was a four, six guy. There are players where it only takes a little something and people are going to blow a load. And we all know those play. You can look down your ranks up and down them that man, this this Josh Jacobs is a pretty good running back. People still don't want him. Ah, no one, no one, no one to give you anything for Jacobs. No one to give you anything for this guy. No one wants Miles Sanders. And then, and then you've got Kenneth Walker, right? Who'll go out there and rip off a long run, and next thing you know, tomorrow he's RB one in Dynasty. Anthony oh. Richardson is that type of player. Will he is that type of player where all it's going to take is one. And everybody that knocked him, all draft process, because I look on Twitter at all the people who shit on Jalen Hurts from the high heavens. Those are the ones that are the loudest in the room right now about how awesome he is, how great he is. All I'm saying is what I've seen and I've learned, and you can't compare Richardson to Tom Brady or to Drew Brees. All I can do is compare him to other unicorns, Vince Young, right? You can compare him to Vince Young on the low end, Cam Newton, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, those are the comps mm-hmm. or the the comparable players if given the draft capital that he's going to fall into. And um, I'm just going to trust the process that that skill set and and he has the one thing that Mac Jones doesn't has because when when things break down for Mac Jones, he can't move. When things break down, when if you go back and Mike, you know this better than anybody as an Eagles fan. Those four games where Jalen Hurts started at the end of his rookie season, two of the games were good, two of them were awful. But what he could always do is when things broke down, and I remember you and I talking, oh, all he do, all he's going to do is roll out to the right and he's going to run it or throw it away, right? But what he yep. had was the ability to move, and he was always a dynamic rusher. And it's like, man, if he can just put it together from the pocket, this dude can be something, right? Richardson and Levis have that ability to move. And that's where I'm like, that's kind of their secret sauce, their secret weapon. No matter what happens, he can go out there and not complete a pass, but if that fucker runs around for a little bit, right, he's got something to kind of erase some of the deficiencies. Uh, This is going to be a fun process, man. I'm, I'm excited to talk about this with you guys because I think this year we are all on board with these quarterbacks, and we're just kind of like, I'm not... I, I haven't asked you directly, but I don't think either of you are taking any of these receivers over over these quarterbacks that get the no. draft capital, not even close. 
No Not chance. even close. No chance yeah. in hell. Ray, let me ask yeah. you one more question because I know we're going to get out of here. I, I want to flip it back to you. So with the with the draft that we talked about, right, the mock process where you had Bijan at five and the quarterbacks right. going to those landing spots, right? So I'd like to get one, your quarterback ranking, and you can include Bijan in there if you'd like. And then two, what I really would like to do, Ray, if, if you don't mind, before we get out of here, really going 4D on this, where do they fit included with the quarterback landscape currently? Because I think that is honestly more of the conversation is not just, okay, yeah, you got to take them at 101, 102, 103, 104, 105. Are you taking them ahead of Kirk? Are you like I, this? I think is what the dynasty degenerates want from Ray GQ. So I'm yeah. going to be the person that asks him on air. You know, what do you think? I'm not taking any of them over the top twelve guys. The cutoff for me at twelve is Dak, right? Mm-hmm. And ahead of Dak is Fields, it's Trevor, it's Herbert, it's Watson, it's Tua, Lamar, Kyler. Some order. I'm, that's not the order, but those are like Dak is twelve, yep. right? Mm-hmm. I'm not taking them before Dak, but would I take those guys, given their capital before Kirk Cousins, Geno Smith, Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo? Yes, I would. Yes, I would. Kenny Pickett? I I probably, knowing me, I probably would, and the way that I would play that is, not that I think that they're guaranteed going to be better than Kenny Pickett, but I know with my Anthony Richardson at 11 overall to the Carolina Panthers or my Will Levis at six overall, I know that I could parlay that into Kenny Pickett plus. I know I could. I Easy. know I could, right? I, I know that unequivocally. Um, I, I'm just going to say it, man. I think Pickett is good. I think he's a good quarterback. I really do. Like, I think he's a good quarterback with good weapons, I want to judge him with a little more stability around him. That that line is not good, and I get it. A lot of lines aren't good, but he's a, he's a rookie. I've liked what I've seen out of him from a, a rushing standpoint. Um, so I, I think for me, they'd slot in. I'll just give you a range between that 11-12 range. I'm just going on the highest end, right, on the highest end. 11, 12 range, but probably like 12 through 16 is where I'm, I'm not one of those guys that's going to fucking slot Bryce Young as QB eight in dynasty. Get out of here. None of those guys are cracking the top 12, none of them. So I think it's like 12 to around 16 or 17. And I think that's fine for a rookie quarterback. I think that's fine. And however you want to flip that around, you you have Kenny Pickett ahead of one or two. You might be like, I feel a little better about cousins, but he's kind of, I'm getting, 15 years worth of age discount. I want to take the younger guy, right? But I think it's appropriate to say that that crop of quarterbacks should probably be around 12, 13 through 17 in dynasty. From And I think that's fair. Give them some room to grow. Stop just jamming this guy. Fucking Anthony, I don't care if Anthony Richardson goes to Detroit. He's not a top 12 dynasty quarterback. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. He's just not. He's not. He's he's just not. He's. I, I, I could not in good confidence be like, Take Anthony Richardson over Dak Prescott. No, like I'm not doing that. So I think I think where they're going to slot in amongst this group is is in that Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, Daniel Jones, Kenny Pickett, Geno Smith, Jimmy Garoppolo range. I think that's probably where they probably should be slotted in dynasty. 
I, I love that man. I when, fully when agree, Adam, man. I fully Adam, agree. You, you asked the question about it. I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about it, and I go, "Not in the top 12." You know, Trevor Lawrence, Dak, Tua, whoever yeah, the hell your no. 12 is. None of those guys, the guys you named off. I'm looking at it and I'm going at 13 for me with Trey Lance with his upside. That's where I start to have to make a decision. Well, Do I right. want to buy into Trey Lance and his upside? and the Kyle Shanahan system with all the weapons that he has, or do I want to go with one of these other guys? But after that, I will say this. It doesn't matter if if McShay's mock, if some of these other mocks hold up where these guys are top 12 selections, all of them, I will put every single one of them at 14, 15, 16, yep. and 17. 17. No so, questions about man. they're above yep. Kirk Cousins, they're above Kenny Pickett, yep. and I'll just move on with my life. But I will say this too. We touched on it a little bit earlier. If I'm in a startup and I pick a direction of competing, I have a very hard time taking one of them as my QB2 because I know that the rookie year is going to struggle. But if I'm just looking long-term, you know, just a generic startup, I take one of these younger quarterbacks, like we talked about a Joe Burrow, if I take him in the first round, I don't have the biggest issue with taking one of these guys in the second round. Preferably, I'd like to get, you know, just a one in the third or maybe the fourth if they fall that far. And, and not really go for that competing route. And then maybe I come back in the 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th, whatever, with Jared Goff and Jimmy G and fucking whoever the hell else I want to just throw darts at to be my QB2. But I do want those guys in that 14 to, to 17, 18 range. I think that's absolutely perfect spot for them. The biggest problem I'm going to have all offseason is when they do get draft capital is going like Trey Lance or Anthony Richardson. Well, okay, because th- th- this is the mind meld that Mike and I have because Mike – started there and i was literally gonna make another tough call for ray i was like okay ray <laughs> trey lance yep, because here, here's what i would like to know from you i'm not gonna ask you today hypothetical landing spot versus trey lance what i'm gonna ask you is this trey lance for you like we've all held <laughs> the three people yes. here we've all held <laughs> i know there's lance. <laughs> i know there's been a lot of people that told you not to Right, I have a league where I just lost, and it pains me because it's so good of a team. But my options to trade out of these hurt quarterbacks just didn't exist. I would have had to have traded Kenny Pickett in the 103 to go get Kirk Cousins, and I'm just not going to do that. I'm sorry. And it sucks because I lost, but like I'm not foregoing that much dynasty value to go get Kirk Cousins and win this year. So I Trey Lance is a, is a quarterback I had on this team, right? And the reason I'm asking you this is for you – what are you doing with him in the offseason, in startups, and wh- what are your thoughts on him moving forward? Because, honestly, he's such an enigma. Like, we don't know anything other than Shanahan, high draft capital, and we haven't seen him. So, like, for you, given these rookies, him, obviously not in the top 12, like, like what are your thoughts on Trey Lance moving forward? What are you doing with him in Dynasty? I'm hoping and praying because I think he's got one season, man. I think he's got next year to prove it. I think he, I, I, I think he's got next year to prove it. He didn't play as a rookie. He got hurt this year. It's year three. I, I think, I think he's got to show San Francisco something next season or else. Like I truly believe that. I think if he doesn't show them that he can be the guy next year, I think it it officially becomes scary hours. For Trey Lance, um, mm-hmm. I still believe in the talent. I believe in the system. I believe in the weaponry around him. He's in a great situation. I love what San Francisco's has done. I'm still in on Lance, but I'm also not a fool. 
I don't think he's getting no three years to figure it out, right? I think he is. I think here's the thing with Lance. I think we're gonna here if is as long as you don't have rose colored glasses on. I think by week three or four, I'll, I'll say this: by week five, six, you ought to know what you got. Like you ought to be able to look at him and be like, "All right, uh, this is looking shaky, right?" And I'm gonna make a pivot. And maybe that pivot is eighty cents on the dollar, but you're like, "I'm not even gonna wait for this to play out," or you're gonna know real early, like we got something on our hands, boys. So I'm still in on him. Uh, he's gonna have Christian McCaffrey. He's gonna have Debo Samuel. He's gonna have George Kittle. He's gonna have Brandon Ayuk. He's, they're going to draft somebody else. He's going to have everything. He's going to have everything at his disposal that we pray New England puts around Mac Jones, right? We're, like he's going to have everything that we want New England to have. He's got to. He's got to deliver, man. And um, this is the part of dynasty that we have no control over. We can have all the processes and the models of the world, but can these guys actually go get it done? That that's really up to them. But I, I think with Trey Lance, Adam. Next year, you're going to know. You're going to know, and I think Frisco's going to know if they've got their quarterback of the future or they need to start looking ahead for Caleb or Drake May or whomever else is coming out in, uh, in 2024. That's that's my take on Lance. It's it's crazy because I, I think, Mike, I'm watching him nod his head, and I, and I think we all have the same thought process on this. Like, the ceiling is still there. If he goes out and plays well, even if his ankle's not 100% right and he's not rushing crazy – if he's playing well enough next year, he, he can win over that job and become San Francisco's quarterback long-term. But it's also this, all of a sudden, right, this three-round, first-round pick investment. They traded up like crazy to go get him. There's a scenario where they could move on from him if, after next year if it doesn't look good. Like you said, it looks really shaky. They're just not sure. It's crazy to think about that because of how much they invested in him. But that's where we're at. And I think when you draft Trey Lance, or if you have him, right – and you're talking about taking him ahead of these quarterbacks, you're looking at, okay, short term, in the Shanahan offense, he could be a contending piece that's gold. But you have to also realize, like, the leash is short. And if it doesn't work out, what Ray said, you got to pivot before it gets bad. Even if it's 80 cents on the dollar, pivot while he's not valued outside the top five rounds because if it gets to the point where it's clear and obvious to everybody he is not the answer – he's going to fall fast in dynasty value. So I, I think he's really um, polarizing. I have a lot of shares of him, so I'm hopeful with you. I, I think that he will be able to turn it around because we're watching Jimmy G. People are acting like Jimmy G's so good. I, the system's so good. Brock Purdy's look good in two games. I think that Trey Lance is surrounded with everything he needs. I think he just needs to go seize the moment. I think he will. Can I, can I, can I say this, Adam? And yeah. I'm done. And I, I'm, I, I got to be done. Let's let's just let it play out. One of the things that I want you guys to think about in your own processes, and, and I know this sounds harsh because you do have to have a certain level of conviction, but we need to stop thinking. I think. I think he can. Like, just deal in what, they, what is fucking happening, right? Deal in what's happening. Like, like I think I've gotten, I've gotten in trouble with, well, I think Spiller can take over the backfield. I think Spiller can be the RB2. I think that stop fucking thinking, right? Let the team tell you what's going on and then react. So many times, I say it all the time. Hope is the biggest killer of dynasty teams. I really hope, 
I got a lot of hope for this player. I hope next year they can turn it around. When your when your favorite team goes out and drafts a fucking running back, that's a hammer out of Alabama. Don't think about it. Just be like, you know what? They just drafted this guy, and I'm. This is probably this probably means they want to utilize two running backs, right? If Detroit, I'm seeing it right now, folks. Detroit, a, a, a lot of mocks got Detroit picking a running back in round two. If they draft a running back in round two of the NFL draft, round two is the new round one for running back. Don't think DeAndre Swift can hold him off. Just deal in. You know what? This just happened. How do I react if, in fact, this turns into a two-headed backfield? Right? Let's stop. And it's not you, Adam. It's I do it all the time. Like, I I think these things, right? I, I, I think, I think Trey Lance goes out there and he shit five, six weeks dealing what's happening right now, you know? De- like just deal in what is being presented for us right now because you're going to think yourself into a spot where you're back then and you got to hold J.K. Dobbins now. Now you got to just hold him. You know, I-, I think he can get healthy. I think that knee week one, week one rolls around, the fucker's dragging it around all over the field. And now with now you just got to hold it. Now you're just like, damn, I had the opportunity to cash out. But, you know, I thought wrong. We think wrong a lot. Well, you know? yeah. And, um, you're right, and I know I know Ray's like, yeah, I'm done. We got to get out of here. It's been a long one. Um, it's been a good one, Ray. You're speaking my language because Dynasty Degenerates, you know, I had a lot of hope, and I thought a lot about Cam Akers. And we all know how that worked out. So get out of your own way, man. Dynasty Degenerates, yeah. get out of your own way. Sometimes, Mike, you got anything else before we get up out of here on 40 Chess with Ray Garvin spitting facts, man? As always, you know. I did promise a bonus question, and don't worry, Ray, it's quick. It's a simple one. Yeah, give it to me. Have give to go to in me. depth. Give it to me. 2023 rookie quarterback class with the devastating Hendon Hooker injury. Is there a fifth quarterback that no. I'm going to talk up way too fucking much and take in the second round of these pre-NFL rookie drafts? Because oh, I no. believe he has an outside chance at first round NFL draft capital. Is there that guy in this class? Oh, no. <laughs> is it is it Tanner McKee? The silence is definitely the silence. It is, is let me tell you right now, none of us want Tanner McKee. All right. He's a statue. Right. No thank you. I I, I think here we go. And this starting it off by I think lets you know it's probably probably a bad bet. <laughs> but Max Duggan is probably the one that has the best chance of getting enough capital where maybe it makes some sense later like you'll just i just it's just not good after the top four guys man it's max duggan it's jaron hall it's Jaden daniels it's jake hayner it's stetson bennett it's hendon hooker and Cameron. it's just not good you know these are these are guys who are most likely going to be career backups at best Mac, the Max Duggan experience, I, I've watched a lot of TCU football for for reasons that I don't want to dive into with these goddamn receivers that have burned me from Texas Christian University. And I never in a million years thought Max Duggan would be an NFL draft-eligible prospect, but he's shown so much grit and guts this year that some NFL team will talk themselves into Max Duggan in the second round. And I just have a strange fear that he's going to – somehow push his way into conversations to where we'll talk about him. Um, I'll just say 
I think there will be some medical things. He had open heart surgery at the start of the season. We didn't even think he would play, and then he gets on the field. So who knows how that's going to play out. Mike, the reality is I don't think so. I, I don't All believe right. there's a legitimate QB5 in this class. I, I It's the top four guys, and then after that, you're – you're not these are waiver wire fodder guys these are roster cloggers uh go i'd rather pivot to some guys that are in the nfl that maybe you have a better little chance to potentially get on the field it's it's not a good quarterback class man all right destination devi audience 4d chess audience you heard it here when i start on my bullshit in a couple months about max duckett just ignore it. Ray's here to set it straight. Just ignore yeah. my dumbass. Ray, thank you so much for being on, man. You gave us the intro on our first ever episode on your network. Uh, you came on for episode 25. This is episode 51. Doesn't match up with episode 50, but you are sick as shit. So free pass, <laughs> freebie. We got to get you back on for 75, if not sooner. It is incredible. Everything that you've built over here. If you're not tapped in, go sign up for the newsletter. It's the easiest way to get in touch with everything Destination Debbie is doing. Prop bets, gambling, injury advice, me and Adam writing columns, Eric. It's incredible. Ike, Gene, can't forget those guys either. We do it all over there. Everything on the newsletter, it's a great read. I spend my Fridays combing through that with a fine-tooth comb because there's so many good nuggets on there, and it's absolutely free. But, Ray, man, thank you so much for coming on agreeing with us. Sorry we kept you so late, and uh, we had to finish it off with some Max Duggan talk just to really put Cherry on the top. But great conversation and one that we needed to have because there are so many good points and so many good things that Dynasty gamers need to think about going forward as far as the quarterback position is concerned, and especially, although it's heartbreaking, the little Ramondre nugget that you dropped in there, that shit, now I got to sell them. You got to think at least entertain selling them. And Mike brought up a great point about the newsletter. First and foremost, you should be signed up for the newsletter. It's free 99. You literally don't have to pay anything. You can go get information from some of the sharpest dynasty minds. And there's not even just dynasty on there. Betting, all kinds of stuff. Listen, I, I know Mike very well. We do a podcast together. I spend so much time with this guy weekly you could debate that it's as much as my own wife at home, my own daughter, right? But here's the thing. The newsletter has Mike writing. Some would tell you that was impossible. Yikes. Mike is actually writing for the newsletter. You got to go check it out if you're not. <laughs> check out the newsletter. Yikes. And, and as far as thinking goes, man, sometimes Ray's 100% right. You got to get out of your own way. Stop overthinking everything. Stop overthinking trades, values. It's important to think, but it's also important not to get in your own way. So make sure you're doing that like I did not with Cam Akers. Like we all have had before complete fall-offs with terrible thoughts because you're so smart. You're the smartest guy in the room. Get out of your own way. And just remember, when your league mates are playing chess, play 40 chess. That's going to do it, man. Thank you so much again, Ray. We will see everybody same time, same place next week. We are out of here. Peace. Peace. Peace.